0: What's up? How are you? Hope hope you're good listening in wherever you're at. Uh hit subscribe for sure. Uh wherever you're at, whatever, you know, platform you're you're joining us on. Uh Apple Podcast, um, Google, Amazon. Stitcher used to be a thing, but it closed down. Not sure you care about that, but th- yeah. Is what it is. YouTube, all that subscribe. Follow us on social at MyFi Podcast everywhere. You can follow me as well at Lee T. Baker. Uh, yeah, let's we got a good one for you today. Let's get into it. All right. Uh, let's go. Tim Turnquist. Is on the show today. Tim is the associate creative director at American Express, uh, which I don't even understand or begin to comprehend. Like the corporate, more corporate side, I should say, of like creativity, and this interview like was super interesting to me because uh, I just wanted to learn so much about what he does and how that world works. And maybe you know, you know what I'm saying, uh, but I don't. And I think there's a ton of people like in music. One of the one of the uh, most frequent questions I get as a musician is like, "Dude, how do I get into this? How do I get into, you know, working here and you know, working in this sort of thing?" And we talk about that quite a bit from from my side and his side and the differences and all that sort of stuff, as well as some other cool stuff. But he's a great dude. Uh, it's it it's one of those episodes. I'm I'm chatting and I look up and like our time's up. And uh, we just had a great conversation. So I think you're going to enjoy it. Uh, Tim's awesome. He's a Georgia Georgia guy. Doesn't live too far from me. Actually, we have a mutual friend we talk about a little bit in the episode uh, named Jonathan Maloney, who's been on the show before as well. And I'll, I'll link his episode. He's a great graphic designer. He did all the graphics for MyFi, uh, our logo and brand and all that sort of stuff, too. So uh, you, I'll, 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 I'll link him up. Uh, in the show notes as well, just so you can check out his work because he's kind of in this world as well. Uh, Tim, like I said, Tim Turnquist is on the show. He's the Associate Creative Director at American Express. Um, he works in their internal, they have an internal creative agency called OnBrand that serves all the brands of American Express and he leads teams in there. They create websites and ad campaigns and commercials and social media content, all that sort of stuff uh, for obviously one of the biggest financial companies in the world. Um, but independently and throughout his career, he's also worked on Super Bowl commercials, Uh, for companies like Jeep where he kind of had this initial idea. and We actually talk about that commercial too. Had this initial idea and wrote the copy, uh, the large part of the copy for this 75th anniversary commercial for Jeep. Uh, He's worked on campaigns like the Rethink Green campaign for Bridgestone. He's done like direct mail and copywriting stuff for Porsche and Lamborghini. Uh, He's got an incredible resume and it's just a different world than I'm normally used to being a part of as a creative person. So it's super intriguing to me. I hope it's intriguing to you. You can follow him on on social media, at Turnquist, T-E-R-N-K-W-I-S-T, uh, and uh, then timturnquistwrites.com. Uh, I'll, I'll link all this up in the show notes and all that so you can uh, uh, check out his work, his portfolio, all the cool stuff that he's done. It'll probably be inspiring to you. Uh, but for now, just enjoy this great conversation that I had with my friend, Tim Turnquist. What's up, Tim?
1: What's up, Lee? How's it going? It's going good, dude. Uh, <laughs>
0: we were just talking that you uh, picked the guitar back up recently uh i feel like just because you said you bought like a kind of a more like metal like jackson Mm -hmm. sort of guitar that maybe we grew up listening to the same music i'm 44 Mm -hmm. and so i don't know what was that early music that like made you buy that guitar when you got back into playing guitar
1: um there's a combination of things it's anything from weezer to um emery metallica uh, like anything with fat juicy riffs um, yeah. that I can, coding, Cambria, anything I can just like learn riffs and just keep going. like, uh, I picked it back up really with the intention to really learn the instrument and like the theory behind it and the, f- like memorizing the th- fretboard. I recently learned yeah. about a thing called, um, the, uh, uh, what was it called? The, um, some method, uh, you probably know, Oh, like a theory about. thing. I, I lost my link. Yeah, I, I had a link up somewhere, and now I've lost our window. I'm mm. so sorry. <laughs> oh, no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> okay. Um, no, it's like the, it's the, oh, the caged method, because of C-A-G-E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, the progression of the yep, C shape, yep. A shape, Yeah, G-shape. yeah, you got it. So, I, I, we- yeah, so I, I, I started learning that and kind of um, lost my way a little bit there, too, and just kind of just got distracted and started learning like intros to metal songs and stuff again so well that's the fun part hit a crossroads though yeah it is it's a very fun part but i have uh, to start like playing solo stuff and well i
0: gotta say before we get too far because you just said when i asked you about the music you said weezer we have a mutual friend jonathan maloney who's been on the Mm -hmm. show before and uh because he's he's freaking out right now because he's going to listen to this episode, and the first band out of your mouth was Weezer, and and he's probably going to text me as soon as he
1: listens to this. So, uh, it's one of those things. Like he and I, we don't talk all the time, just because I, I find that as an an adult, you know, entering middle age, that it, it's hard to talk to friends every single day. But usually, yeah, when we it? do, when we do talk, it's usually some back and forth about a recent Weezer thing. Like I I took my whole, I took my whole family to see Weezer in the summer in Alpharetta, here. And um, Jonathan, you know, the whole time I was updating him, you know, it was like it was like, oh god, they're playing, they're playing this song here. And I like I wrote down the entire playlist, like every song that they played, (laughs) and like made a Spotify playlist. Um, And I think I shared it with him. But yeah, that's like the that's the main topic of our friendship. Nice,
0: nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's his favorite band for yeah, sure i'm pretty same. sure we talked about it quite a bit um yeah so we're a little bit different i i was assuming it was a little bit of hair metal in there too but you're that's the four-year difference between us i think
1: it could be yeah um some hair metal if i listen to hair metal it's it's been like more of the kind of less serious side of hair yeah, metal yeah. which i don't know i don't know if you could call hair metal serious any, i don't any, know like no, they're, they're uh, serious sides i'll defend it i'll defend it okay no no no. i'm i'm, I'm not here to judge whatsoever <laughs> um there's a band that came out not too long ago probably 10 years ago i'm not sure um that that does like hair metal legit hair metal but it's also a parody it's like oh yeah, steel something. panther yes steel panther yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah they're yeah. pretty dope yeah, it's very
0: much a very much a parody. But those guys are talented. You know what I'm yeah. saying? There's a lot of there's a lot yeah. of players in uh in hair metal. Don't get me started on this, dude. It'll be like ninety percent of the episode. Well, this is
1: about. I mean, this is now a, a hair metal podcast. I yeah, totally, so, totally. Yeah.
0: <laughs> How long uh so you're the associate creative director or one of associate creative directors at American Express.
1: Mm-hmm. That
0: sounds like the opposite of what a creative person set out to do in a way just because it's attached to such a big corporation, but reading through your resume and looking over your, your website and portfolio and things that you've been a part of outside of American Express, you've been a part of some incredible creative projects and American Express is, uh, in the corporate world, at least known for like really incredibly branded creative campaigns. Uh, it's a huge company. Um, What was the journey of, like, getting into that world of branding and design and stuff?
1: It's a series of mishaps, probably. Hmm. Um, Not really. I mean, there's some intention behind it. Um, I've always been kind of a creative person and kind of directionless at the same time, uh, growing Hmm. up, especially. Um, Never really put a lot of thought into, like, where I was going to go in life and what I was going to do. At one point I just decided I was going to be a teacher. Um, So I kind of hit that path for a while, did that for a year after college. And I was just like, man, crap on this. Like that that was the worst year of my life in in Mm. a couple of ways. Um, There are good things about it, but I just, the long and short is I realized teaching is not for me. Um, It was a, it was a small private school in South Georgia. Uh, Just, I did not fit in. I, it was just, it was, it was crazy. So after that, I was kind of, for a while, not really sure what to do. Um, and But there was always the forefront of my mind, like, how do I take my creativity and turn that into a career or a job or something? And my research and my late night worry and all that stuff, all while I was uh, working at Starbucks and considering becoming a cop for God's sake. Um, nice. <laughs> like I, even got into, I even got into the police academy and then just like oh, nice. the week before it was supposed to start, I was just like, I might have to shoot someone for my job. So maybe not, I'm not going to, <laughs> um, <laughs> or get shot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I finally discovered what copywriting was. And um, also I was an English major in college, by the way. Oh, nice. um, so kind of a writing. Where'd you go to school? Uh, Georgia Southern university, nice. um, way down South. Um, but I finally found out what that was. And then to become a copywriter I essentially had to go back to school and I did not want to do that. Um, and portfolio school is very expensive. It's a two year mm-hmm. thing. It's kind of like grad school, but not officially. Um, anyway, I, I, then I realized our mutual friend, Jonathan Maloney is a graphic designer and I reached out to him was like, what do you do? Where do you work? Can, can I come to? And he was like, oh, yeah, I work at this small branding company in Lawrenceville called um, Accent South Media. And he put me in touch with his boss and we started talking and they kind of like set up an uno- official, unofficial, unofficial um, um, internship for copywriting. Nice. And I didn't know what I was doing other than I, I knew my way around the English language. Um, and I had some style with that. And so I started that didn't really, it didn't go very far, but what it did do was, um, introduce me to a few people, key people who, um, introduced me to other key people, who, which eventually led to me going back to school, um, at a place called portfolio center in Atlanta, hmm. which was the school I was looking at before all this started, you know, it's <laughs> just like it's too expensive. So I was like, whatever, I'll just do it. You just delayed um, it a few years. Yeah. So it was just funny because it was one of those uh, things where I was just on one of my many internet searches and trying to figure out what I could do. Uh, I, I suddenly, that's when I realized, it was like, someone has to write commercials and websites and print ads and radio spots and stuff. It yeah. just never really occurred to me. Um, Anyway, it just, all that led to that. Uh, I've been through multiple agencies in my career, digital agencies, um, a few traditional. um, And American Express is my first actual foray into what we call uh, client-side, in-house rather. So it's actually working for a brand directly versus an agency, which would do work for a bunch of different brands.
0: Yeah. But you, and and even American Express has like a company within it if mm. i understood correctly like it, on brand where yeah. you are so are you do you work for american express or you work for on brand i both? work for
1: i, I work think. for american express so that's my employer on brand is the division you could call it the division within nice. on, within uh, american express like it's it's organized into different business units like you know i don't fully understand it myself but on brand exists within the business unit of g a b m which at the moment I cannot remember what that stands for. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we're essentially, yeah, we're an internal creative agency for American Express that we're available for the different other, the other business units to use us for their creative work. Um, and a lot of them still work with external third-party agencies. Um, just depends on the business unit, what their needs are. And it's funny because we're actually kind of building up our trust. With mm-hmm. those business units, so some of them don't even know about us within the company, or they've oh, heard wow. of us, yeah, or they've heard of us, or they've they have a colleague who used our services. Um, and so, it, it, what we're doing is we we went through a lot of hiring in the past year and a half, and basically building out an entire agency within within the larger corporation.
0: Yeah, has. Has copyright like always been something that you, or I guess just writing in general? What was the thing that sparked you? Were you into like novels as a kid, or like you know, a lot of guys who get into music? I, you know, I would say, hey, what record was it that got you into that? Mm-hmm. Being into into writing, copywriting maybe specifically, but even just writing, what were some of the books or authors or people or situations that sort of inspired you, where you went, oh, I want to, I want to do what that is, you know, for people.
1: Um. So I was a big reader as a kid, um, and th- I guess the most impactful things I read as a kid and I've read multiple times are things like The Hobbit, uh, Lord of the Rings, Chronicles of Narnia, um, The uh, there's a series of books called The Red Wall Series by an English author named Brian Jacques. It's all about like animals in yeah. like, a medieval European society, and it's just a richly... A rich world. I haven't read any of those in a long, long time, but I just remember thinking they were so interesting and pretty brutal too. Um, and that kind of inspired me to like, think outside of what you think is accepted in a certain realm. So technically you could consider those books as like children's books, much like the hobbits, a children's book, yeah. but it has themes and elements that elevate it beyond that strict, um, uh, fencing in of what you think a children's book should be, for example. Mm-hmm. So that kind of thing really inspired me because I I just know the um uh Tolkien wrote The Hobbit for his grandkids. So it ended up that ended up inspiring, you know, the vast world of of his his uh, Lord of the Rings stuff, like the it's like the Bible but fantasy, you know? Yeah. And um it's just it's just a whole rich world. Like he he made up languages and and all this stuff and influenced a lot of media, you know, throughout the years. So that kind of stuff I found really inspiring. Um, What I do isn't quite like that. You know, I don't, you know, writing headlines for um, websites and social media posts and TV commercials for a giant corporation, not, not the same as writing an epic, you know, fantasy novel, (laughs) but, uh, but there are similarities. And I think in the, the creative process that you can apply to all things that, all things creative um, yeah so I think that's kind of what inspired me and like being able to move someone emotionally through words there's always been like a huge goal um and it's it, it just it carries over you know yeah into just about everything
0: I think there are parts of everybody's industry like I, I do instrumental stuff for instrumental music for tv film and you don't even really notice you kind of alluded to this earlier too before I started doing it or found out it was a thing, I didn't really notice it as much, but every mm-hmm. time a football game goes to a commercial, there's some 10 second hit of music or longer or something. And mm-hmm. then all of the TV shows and, and things that need transition hits and songs and all this, it's, it's literally thousands of pieces of music that, yeah. that TV producers need every season, fall and spring. And, and somebody has got to make all that stuff and it's really, I've found a lot of inspiration. Like, I guess, like, I know you were inspired by novel stuff. I was inspired by music and I write my own stuff and work on music for other artists. And I love all that, but I also love the TV thing. And like you, I see the similarities in the creative process of it. And a lot of times I'll, I'll get inspired by something I'm doing instrumentally for a project mm-hmm. and it bleeds over into my other work, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I, I feel that completely. Like I'm, I would say I'm inspired by just about everything. Like I try to find inspiration in more than just writing, you know, um, like animation really inspires me, like conveying emotion through like facial movements that someone had to draw, that's wild to me. Um, I try to get inspired by driving down the road and seeing like a, like a billboard. For example, in Atlanta, years and years ago, there was a billboard for like a plumbing company and um, the headline was so dumb. It was so dumb. But every time I drove past it, I was just inspired. And the headline goes, the answer to your sprayers. And it had an illustration of a faucet, like a leaky faucet spraying everywhere. And I thought it was so funny. So dumb, <laughs> but so funny. Another one was uh, for a, a jewelry company in Atlanta. And I guess they they'd been around since the 50s or something. And the headline, it was just like a bunch of diamond rings and things like that and the headline was keeping atlanta stoned since 1954 <laughs> or something like that again just inspiring my one of my biggest things is i, I come up with puns constantly dad jokes combining yeah. words my wife rolls her eyes constantly but <laughs> I, nice. I know i enrich her life with that stuff yeah it's just inspiration man it's everywhere
0: Yeah. Have there been other projects or things that you've worked on in like the more like the fiction realm? Have you ever jumped into like, or published some short stories? Or is there anywhere that you write that sort of stuff?
1: Funnily enough, um, I spend my outside creative endeavors in pretty much everything but writing. Um, Yeah, I don't write on my own a lot, honestly, which I should. Um, But copywriting, I would say, I would say most of it is rather than actual, the physical writing, but more of the idea, you know, the thinking Mm -hmm. behind it. Um, But on outside creative projects, usually tend to be more artistic in nature. Um, Illustration. That's true. I've drawn some t-shirts for uh, various companies. Um, Woodworking. Um, Oh, nice. I'm always in some like creative endeavor of some sort um, or learning about a new one. Um, Right now I'm building a guitar uh, for the first time ever, an acoustic guitar. It's from a kit, but it's like also very, 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 very detailed and hands-on and very delicate work. Um, It's very stressful, but it's also, it's very, uh, it's very interesting.
0: That's awesome. I, um, one of the things I was intrigued about uh, the process, I noticed on your, on your website, uh, I just went through some of the projects that you had done just checking it out, and there was a Jeep commercial from the Super Bowl. Um, from uh, Was that just last year? Or was it a couple of years ago?
1: Or Yeah, that was from Super Bowl – I don't remember which number uh, – from 2016.
0: Okay. So a few years ago, but um, the initial – it said something like um, you had the initial concept and, and something else. I don't even know the process of how – like that works. And so you connect with Jeep and have this idea. Like what does that look like from you have a client like Jeep and it's obviously a big deal. It's a Super Bowl commercial. They're spending a freaking ton of money on mm-hmm. this thing. And it's had it, something to do with their 75th anniversary, so it's obviously like marking for them as a company. Yeah. There's a lot of potential pressure behind that. And so like, I just want to know project-wise. I'm super interested in the creative process for things that I don't know about. I know mm-hmm. about music. I know about some other stuff. But I don't know anything about like the process of making a commercial, really. You know what I'm saying?
1: So that, that project was interesting because it was almost like it came out of nowhere. And in many ways, uh, it started out of nowhere. And then I discovered it actually became a Super Bowl spot out of nowhere. Um, so here's, oh, wow. here's the story of that. So at the agency I was working for at the time um, is a big agency in London. They had a New York office that was pretty big, a small Atlanta office, and then like a couple more small offices in the U.S. Um, I was there for less than a year, but it was in this I want to say late summer of 2015. We were always busy, uh, but th- we got a we got an email from the uh, or a call from the creative director in the New York office who was like, hey. We we got this opportunity to do this Super Bowl spot for Jeep. Um, we need your help, and so we we all dropped everything and spent a couple of days, kind of like coming up with ideas and scripts and stuff for a, a, a Super Bowl spot for this 75th anniversary of Jeep. Um, and I I didn't treat it very seriously because I was just like, it's just not going to go anywhere, and. <laughs> <laughs> so I spent some time that one day uh, thinking of ideas and I wrote a couple of scripts that the, the, the final script isn't exactly what I wrote, but um, I would say about half to three quarters of, of my script and my ideas made it to the final spot. Um, but yeah, I wrote it, I turned it in and then went on with my life and then got laid off like a month or two later. <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> Went back to my old job that I left to go to that job with a promotion and just live my life, you know, and then the Super Bowl came on and then I was like, why is this so familiar? And like halfway through, it, I was like, I wrote this. I wrote this. <laughs> That's hilarious. So the, the script that I wrote was the one that got chosen for the Super Bowl spot. Uh, they changed some things, you know, because I got let go. So I wasn't there anymore to, to work on it. Some things changed, but the core idea was there and a lot of the scenarios, like the Jurassic Park reference was was one of mine, the the um the like the the D Day in Normandy, the um the I'm trying to think of all the, the different stuff, but yeah, most of it came through and then I called my old boss and I was like, Hey, so I'm not mistaken, and that's the, the spot I wrote, right? he was like no that was you it's like i'm sorry i should have reached out to you beforehand i was like yeah you should have yeah but uh <laughs> but anyway that's cool so i was just like hey you know that's going on my book right and he was like yeah yeah totally that's dope man yeah
0: i mean there was a lot of stuff that you gotten to work on over the years like i looked at like stuff with bridgestone and these big mm-hmm. companies I, I, it's intriguing to me and i wonder if there are people out there graphic designers and stuff you know some of our listeners that just getting into industries sometimes. And when people ask me working in music, they're like, how do you even like get into this? You know? Um, I think that's the question I get the most is like, how do you even get into this? Um, it's such a mystery to people. And I think Mm -hmm. it was to me too. You know, when I tell Mm -hmm. people, I'm like, I don't know, I met this guy and then I met this other dude. And you know, we hung out and had a beer one time. And next thing I know, like, he was like, Hey, you want to work on this? And now I do music yeah yeah. it's almost like that is it similar like in graphic design copy Mm -hmm. write, like marketing whatever
1: yeah i mean i would say at least half of the reason i'm where i am today is because of the people i've met and the people i know um i mean you got to be able to do the work obviously so it's like you can meet the right people but if you can't deliver on what you're doing it's not going to go anywhere um but but yeah, it's a it's a series of meeting the right person at the right time. They introduce you to another person. You start doing this through that. You meet someone else. You get that experience, and that leads to another thing. It's like little like snippets, like looking at a map. You see like little points on a map, and you see your journey as it kind of like goes back and forth, up and down, left and right. Yeah. In and out.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. And then somehow, uh, you end up being able to make a living off of it, which is the other question I get the most you know mm-hmm. have you ever I'm it's I'm assuming at some point you were freelance like contract
1: um yeah throughout my career I've done odd bits of freelance here and there for sure have you um, always
0: worked at an agency though or at a firm or whatever
1: since I started so I started working in advertising in 2011 um And since then I've almost always been at some sort of agency or some creative shop of some sort, you know, there's been little gaps here and there, like in April, 2021, I left the agency I was at at the time and started working at a health tech startup. Um, and then that lasted from April to August. And then I started freelancing at an agency in Atlanta, uh, from August 2021 to about May, sorry, August 2022 to about May um, 20, sorry, I'm getting my time mixed up, August 2021 to May 2022, I was freelancing there, and that was coming to an end, so I was like, I gotta figure out what to do, I was kind of over the whole agency thing at that point, so I I just didn't really know, but then on LinkedIn, a recruiter for Amex and the on-brand reached out and was like, Hey, we like your work. Um, we're looking for an ACD, Associate Creative Director in Atlanta, because we're opening an office there. Are you interested? I'm like, it sounds fake, but yeah, I'm interested. <laughs> so <laughs> we, we interviewed, and it just kind of went from there. Then I started. I got remarried in, in July of last year, or sorry, June okay. of last year. Congrats. And then, thank you. And then um, came, came back from our honeymoon, and then six days later started at Amex. Wow.
0: Um, so it hasn't been too long that you've been over there.
1: Yeah, a little, little less than a year, year and a half. Yeah,
0: there's like a different state of mind, I think. And the reason I ask about had you have you ever been like just on your own? There are creative people who love um, and musicians and session guys, whatever. There are people who just love working on their own. Mm-hmm. They kind of have their own studio, their own space. They kind of you know just freelance. They have their own brand or their own small company. They're entrepreneurial, you know, whatever. And there are people who love being a part of teams, love being a mm-hmm. part of uh, a company, having people to work with, all of that. It seems like you love that side of it. Uh, being, do you like being around people and being you know working with teams, all that sort of stuff. is that kind of what draws you to the more like the agency you know side of things?
1: I like both. Um, there's There's benefits and drawbacks to both, I think. I like the thing I like about the bigger agency thing and the teams and stuff is is more the stability. Especially in a yeah. company like Amex, they're huge. Sure. Like they're not going anywhere. Um, and the advertising in- industry right now is is kind of going through a hard time. You know, there's a lot of layoffs, a lot of layoffs. Yeah. And that's towards the end of the year, anyway. Even in good times, there tends to be layoffs sometimes, and just questionable futures. But right now, especially, things are not great. But at a place like Amex, you know, they're huge. They're always going to be around. Like there's a little bit more stability and security there. Um, And I like the the regular paychecks and the insurance and the benefits and things like that. Um, But I also like the, the, the more kind of solo stuff because it gives you opportunity to kind of pick and choose what you want to work on. Um, It gives you opportunity to kind of like really flex creative muscle a little bit more. I wouldn't say I'm not creative at Amex because I definitely am. It's just um, with a, with a big company like that, there's always, there's multiple layers of approval. You got to get like multiple, like, like, like levels of client, or we call them marketing partners, um, and then there's legal as well, and that's always fun. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, there's things I like about both, um, but you know, for me personally, the security of you know the the bigger places with the, um, I guess the being established is a little more yeah, a little more important to me
0: yeah. Have you ever been in a leadership role in the creative industry before you started working at Amex, like having a team and stuff that you lead?
1: Yeah, I've, I've led creative teams before um, at different uh, companies and agencies. Like I've been an associate creative director for since um, since April 2020. So I left my senior copywriting role at that point. This is smack dab in the middle of the pandemic, by the way. Oh, wow. I went to another agency that focused mainly on uh companies like uh, careers and hiring advertising it was called symphony talent so uh we did advertising work for say like um uh, i'll say the the biggest project i worked on there was we redesigned uh, pinterest's careers page on the oh, website wow. um so that was kind of the focus there um and so I was an ACD there and then left to go to that health tech startup. I was technically an ACD there. And then, um, from there I was a freelance ACD at that agency and now ACD at Amex. So I've been doing the, the ACD thing for a couple of years. Um, and previous to that, you know, as a senior creative, you know, I would lead teams sometimes in different projects. Like for example, when I worked on Michelin, uh, I did their social media, uh, uh, accounts like Instagram and Facebook and yeah. things like that. Um, so I was kind of the lead creative on that for a while. Um, did you,
0: were you posting for them and stuff? Are you creating content or both or
1: creating content mainly? Um, and I, I didn't actually do the posting. We had people for that. Um, some, I had access to their, their account so I could like message people from the Michelin account, like sure. influencers and like people who posted about tires and cars a lot. Yes. Um, but yeah, I would create a lot of content for that. And we would do like a month at a time. So like if we were doing the June ca- like, content calendar, we would be working on that in like April and May. Um, oh, wow. Just, Even for social. Yeah. Content. Yeah. Just nice. to, just cause they would post about three times a week. So we generally would have like, you know, 12 to 16 posts, yeah. I guess for any given month, if not more. Um, and then there was always like impromptu stuff like, um, I went to Monterey Car Week with Michelin back in two thousand eighteen, um, which was awesome. So I was there for like a week and getting to go like experience all the, the cool car stuff, like Porsche's and BMWs. Yeah, that's crazy. Like the races and, and things like that out in California, all for free, for me at least. Yeah. Um pretty sick stuff. Um but yeah, it was like on site creating content like as we go with with a few of my teammates. Um and it was uh yeah, it was good times. So.
0: I want to ask you a couple of questions about the leadership stuff with the, uh, being the ACD, like a lot of us who are creative people, we get into creative industry, whatever that looks like for us, be it movies or music or advertising or whatever you get into it because you love being creative. And all of a sudden you find yourself maybe doing a little less creative work and leading the people mm-hmm. who are doing the creative work. Has that been a transition for you or do you like the, the leadership part of that? I just know everybody I've seen, I've had friends actually in the industry who are creative and they're really good with people. And then they get promoted to a leadership role and it like destroys them because they Mm. just don't get to do the work as much. And then I've had friends that really thrive in it and don't miss the active part of their creative work at all. They just love working with creative people. So I've seen it go either way. What's that been like for you?
1: It's interesting because before getting to this role, I always kind of sell myself as the person down in the trenches doing the work, mm. like head down writing a hundred headlines for a project or coming up with creative ideas and just keeping a running list. And I still do that uh, a lot, but it's, it's almost like an art form itself in, in working in leadership. Um, and I struggle with it daily, both positively and negatively. Um, you know, there's a lot of, what do you call that? Uh, imposter syndrome
0: involved in it. Like
1: I constantly am like questioning myself, you know, at the end of the day, like I know what I'm doing and sure it's, I guess my, my experience in actually doing the work helps inform my ability and leading it. Um, the hardest part I think is actually like delivering like feedback and actioning on that kind of stuff and getting my team, team members, uh, to do it, to do the work. A lot of it depends on them. You know, if they're good at what they're doing or they're motivated or they're willing to do the work, it's generally pretty easy. But if I get someone who isn't as motivated or isn't experienced or doesn't listen to feedback, that's when it becomes really challenging. And I tend to, in those situations, I tend to kind of be like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'll just do it. You know, you're, you're good. And that's good and bad. Cause it, I mean, I can do the work, so it's going to get, I know it's going to get done. Sure. Um, but going would be mad about it the whole time because <laughs> because <laughs> like, I told you to do this. Um, but it, it I don't know. It, that's my biggest struggle right there is, is, is kind of actually actively leading and time management's a, a big issue for me that I'm trying to be better at. Um, so that all, it all ties in, man. It's, uh, it's good and bad both in doing the work and leading the work um but it's the natural progression like i'm going to look back on this in five years and just be like oh that was easy what was i what was i even complaining about you know and like i used to say i'm never going to be a creative director i just don't have that mindset i don't have that drive to like to go to meetings all the time and do this and that and now i'm like actually i kind of want to be one yeah yeah they get paid better yeah, you're like natural. I don't want to be a 50 year old senior copywriter, if that makes yeah. sense.
0: Yeah. What's no. what's that industry look like? So you go senior, junior copyright, senior copyright, associate creative director, and then like creative director. Is that like the flow?
1: Generally, yeah, I'd be junior, mid level, just straight up copywriter, senior copywriter, associate creative director, next step would be creative director. And then some agencies will have a structure where it's like creative director one, creative director two. And then there's group creative director um, and then there's executive creative director. And then beyond that is, you know, it's anyone's game. Like I think executive creative director tends to be VP level. Um, Mm -hmm. And then beyond that, shoot, I don't know. It just depends on where you're at. I, 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 I don't, the stage of my career, I don't see myself ever being like, I don't know, CMO marketing yeah. officer yeah, yeah, yeah. or anything like that of any of any place but you know th- that might change if i get creative director in the next few years and then i keep going with that maybe i'll just be like you know that's next um yeah. but yeah it's a structure and it and it varies but that's kind of the general the general sense of things
0: what's uh what's a uh day in the life of like are you, well, let me ask this first. Are you leading predominantly other copywriters or do you have all the creative disciplines in your department that you're like associate creative director over like some graphic designers and animators and stuff like that? Or is it mostly the writing side of things?
1: It kind of depends on the project. Um, if it's a bigger project with a whole robust team, then generally I'll kind of like lead the copy side. Yeah. Um, but I do frequently provide feedback for designers and art directors and, and direction for them as well, because I do have a visual kind of visual mind. Yeah. Um, so I've always been into illustration and, and kind of kind of design. I've done some design stuff on my own. I know how to use Photoshop and Illustrator and things like that. Um, so I'm able to provide feedback. But generally, like I'll have a art director partner. So my nice. my, my ACD art director partner will generally kind of lead the visual side and I'll kind of lead the, the copy Side. It's awesome.
0: Uh, before we hit red a little while ago, and we we're recording, mm-hmm. we were talking about a question that uh, uh, you had written down an answer to. <laughs> uh, do you have any creative rhythms <laughs> built into your life that keep you moving towards your goals? You can you can read your your prepared statement if you like. Or, yes. Or you okay, can
1: t- <laughs> I'm going to do that. Okay. So your question was, do you have creative rhythms built into your life that keep you moving towards your goals? And my answer is, that's a tough question, Lee. Anxiety, insert chuckle here. Maybe <laughs> maybe it's a bit of a misdirect, but you get the point. So I was telling Lee that that's the point where I stopped taking notes because I was like, I'm taking this too seriously. But yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, creative rhythms, a lot of it is anxiety, I have to say. Yeah. It the dude. date yeah Jeez, Louise. Yeah, the deadline every time uh, I start a new project I'm like my first thought is how am I ever gonna get this done yeah. <laughs> so being overwhelmed is pretty pretty normal golly it's my my primary motivation is like like oh the projects due tomorrow okay I better do that then yeah not I'm'm I'm really? kidding. especially for my bosses that might be listening yeah. to this at some point um, <laughs> there is there is a there is a sense of anxiety that kind of like simmers all the time yeah. that like, I'm like, is this going to get done? Is it going to be good? Is it going to be good enough? Am I doing a good job? Um, and that, I think
0: that's, I think that's cool for you to say though, like you've been doing this for years. And I mean, even as a musician, it's the same way for me. There's still yeah. a low grade of like, I think the thing I worry about the most is like, people are going to find out I actually suck at this.
1: I say that all the time. It's like, when are, gonna, when are people going to realize that I have no idea what I'm doing?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just nice to hear from somebody like you who works in such a, you know, prestigious, professional situation. You've been through all these situations that you still feel that way. Because I think there's a lot of people out there. I mean, I've been in music for 20-something years, and it it feels the same. Like, I still just walk into situations going, I am an idiot. They're going (laughs) to find out I'm terrible at this stuff, you know? Yeah. And I don't know that that feeling ever goes away. Uh, but it's just nice to hear from professionals, I think for all of us to go, okay, we're not alone in that, you know,
1: I think it has to always be there because I think when you get to the point where you're so confident that you just, I think that's when people stop caring or they stop learning in a way. And I can't yeah. say that. I can't say that's always the case. And I don't want to sound like I'm judging or like that. I know that I know the way, you know, mm-hmm. but but personally, I think if I'm too confident, I get lazy a little bit. Yeah. Um, I get a little too um I, I just said this, but I get a little too confident and it just like ends up I don't know, it might crash and burn and then the anxiety comes back even worse. You know, so yeah. I try to avoid that. As I wonder much as if possible.
0: If the there's an amount of it that I mean, I feel like there's an amount of it that helps me keep my edge. hmm you know to keep growing and learning and, you know, practicing and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I don't know, is there, is there a version of practicing copyright? Like, I mean, I know like I practice guitar three days a week, probably, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I, I don't know how that works.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think so. It's, uh, again, like I, I don't do as much writing on my own as I should. Um, I think a lot of the practice comes from just like, always doing it and like also dipping my toes into different things. Like I thrive when I'm not kind of sequestered into a silo of something. Mm. And what's interesting about that is that the the thing that appeals to me most about working at a place like American express is that I it's one, it's one company. So I don't have to learn five different companies and switch between them depending on what project you're on. It's always American Express. It's going to be different things like different card products or different assignments that are different. But at the core, it's just one company. So I like that. But at the same time, you know, any time I feel like I'm starting to get into a hole at work, um, I kind of put it aside and I do something else. So I pick up the guitar and noodle play some riffs for 30 minutes and then get back into it. Or I go down in the basement and do a little sanding on whatever wood project I'm working on at the time. Or, you know, I'll take the dog on a walk and, you know, look at, I don't know. I'm not a photographer, but I look at photography opportunities, you know, like we're walking in the woods. I'm like, Oh, that's a pretty leaf. Let me take a picture. You know, everyone definitely wants to see this picture. Yeah. You know, um, so that kind of thing. It's, um, that's awesome yeah it's just trying to keep my my brain and just like a bunch of different things all at once i guess is is how I keep going
0: yeah I normally would ask um uh to kind of close an episode like ask people you know what their favorite uh you know three favorite records are do it you know i had some buddies who made films yeah well i was gonna ask authors but you talked earlier about brian Jackson uh tolkien and and all those guys so i'm gonna ask records okay so your three your three desert island inspiring loved records and i know you're gonna say weezer the blue album unless you're a pinkerton guy then we're then we're good to go
1: i am both but more blue so yes okay. weezer blue album okay uh Number two is Pet Sounds by the nice. Beach Boys, and three it depends on the time of day, the year, whatever I'm doing at any given moment. Um, what would it be right now? Right now, it's probably um, I can't. I don't know if I should say the title of the album, but it's it's a band called the Dirty Nil. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And their album F Art. Yeah. Jonathan um, actually
0: sent me that last year.
1: Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we we talked he and I talked about it a little bit as well. Um, but I think that album is so refreshing because it's it's fun, it's loud, it's uh it's rowdy, but it's also smart in a way. Yeah. Um the and the topics vary. One one song's about Elvis, um, one song's about you know being a, a boyfriend to a girl because he's all into like metal and hailing <laughs> Satan and things like that. <laughs> um, so that's probably my third at the moment. And tomorrow it might be um, Animals by uh, Pink Floyd. Nice. Um, it might be uh, In, Sal- In Shallow Seas We Sail by uh, Emery. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's a good one. Yeah, um it Yeah. It, it, it also might be um, actually... I shouldn't say this because I can't even think of the album name, but, uh, Dell, the funky homo sapien, uh, rapper. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I can't think of the name of the album right now. Cause it's been years since I've actually listened to it, but it actually like affected me pretty well. He
0: has a record called Deltron 3000. That That's it. Like. That's
1: it. Deltron yeah, 3000. I love that record. Yeah. Yeah. I love, love that. that record. Uh, yeah. Dude,
0: I appreciate it. This has been super fun. I appreciate yeah, the
1: time. Absolutely. It's been, it's been great. I've been, uh, nervously, Thinking about this for weeks now and (laughs) here it happened and it's over. So it's good. We did great, Tim. Thanks for being on the show, bro. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
0: Wow. I, uh, I hope you found that as interesting as I did. That is just mind blowing to me how different industries work. Uh, in the creative world, so hopefully that was helpful maybe if you're into graphic design or copyright or something that makes sense in like the advertising market, even music you know um, uh, I get to to write some stuff for TV film a lot of times and work with a company in New York there's all these facets of the different creative industries that that feed marketing advertising television film print all of these different things that we experience every day uh, in the episode Tim and I were talking you know uh, he noticed that you know he didn't he didn't really understand like people had to write all the copy for all of these things and same with me like I didn't really understand all the opportunities that were out there for music until I started kind of paying attention and talking to people who were already in that world so hopefully this was inspiring to you especially if you're trying to get into it or just checking it out or maybe you live in this world uh, already you work in the creative industries and all that sort of stuff. And, and it was just helpful. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed it. Tim's a great dude. That was a great conversation. Make sure you follow him on social at Turnquist, T-E-R-N-K-W-I-S-T. Uh, that is not how he spells his name. That's just like the phonetic, um, pronunciation of his name. Uh, so don't get it confused because his website is TimTurnquistWrites.com, t i m t u r n q u i s t write dot com, Tim Turnquist Rice com is in the notes. Uh, check out his work, super cool. Um, make sure and follow my FI. Uh, podcast at myFi podcast everywhere on socials follow me at Lee T Baker make sure and subscribe wherever you 're at and also if you want uh, you can go subscribe to myFi monday it 's a free newsletter that I do for creatives and creative leaders comes out every Monday obviously and you can go to myFicoaching.com to subscribe to that or myFipocast com to subscribe to that uh, as well and it 's free and it 's fun and you should probably do it and tell friends about it and whatnot and uh, yeah it 's been a great episode great day I hope you 're having a great day wherever you're at and until next time Have a good one.